0: go ahead and do the uh do the sound check
1: test one test test one test number two number one number gordita two.
0: supreme gordita supreme i would like to order gordita supreme you do not have it at the store then go get it i want some more mm-hmm. how, how does that how's that sound on That's, the on the levels how's this sound you're about to take a full drink of uh a dr pepper zero Ew, stop it, stop it, stop it. That's like number one rule, which is really kind of funny that we have a food podcast, but like the number one rule in radio, don't eat or drink on air because- We're not on air, are we? Yes, we are. Oh,
1: Oh, I'm real close to the microphone. Let me adjust. All right. Okay. All right. How are
0: you? I'm doing excellent. Excellent, excellent. Egg? Egg? (laughs) <laughs> How are you? <laughs>
1: you know, uh, a little bit worse now that we just had that interaction. <laughs> I uh,
0: I wanted to talk about uh, something we hadn't talked about yet, which was the spread at my birthday party.
1: Oh, yeah, you do look older.
0: I I am older. I know. I the the crystal that I usually keep on me to hide my withered face in, <laughs> yeah, like the that, red woman no, from. No, I'm <laughs> just gonna
1: say you're like Melisandre. Like you, <laughs> that explains the 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 extensive choker that
0: you wear. Absolutely. Every, time every single time. I mean, it looks really slay on me, but also it keeps me from showing my Withered Witch face mm-hmm. uh, that and uh, disport. But the... Yeah. Uh, I wanted to introduce a new segment which was called non-sponsored brand shoutouts, mm-hmm. which is these are brands that do not sponsor us that I wanted to shout out and my birthday was very recently I won't say when and I won't say how old I was turning or mm-hmm. not turning mm-hmm. or really the circumstances of how I came to be but uh, the brands that I had the theme of the party was things Jackson likes which I threw for myself and so I had and I'm not going to bleep this but I had bitch and sauce if mm-hmm. you're unfamiliar with bitch and Sauce go, apostrophe. go familiarize yourself with it at your local grocer. It is an almond-based dip that tastes it's very umami, yeah. It's so savory, mm-hmm. it's so good. Almond. It goes down real smooth, they, and I get the buffalo flavor.
1: Well, they had you also had the uh the caramelized onion flavor.
0: Oh no, no, no. Well, I had that earlier this week. It was fine.
1: No, you had you no, had I, a caramelized caramelized onion something. There. I
0: had a that's number two, hope. They're known for, I believe, hummus, but they also make this caramelized onion cashewy almondy, It's it's nuts. Mm. It's something, and that stuff also. I think you were the only one that was eating that, but I yeah. mean, I could eat that with a spoon. I mean,
1: I was eating all of the dips, so I could eat that. You also had uh, a cheese. That.
0: Oh no! Okay, so uh, <laughs> the, the thing about the cheese is, every vegan knows that the best way to make cheese, believe it or not, like a nacho cheese, it's potatoes and carrots. If you do not believe me, put potato carrot vegan cheese into Google. There's a million recipes. Mm-hmm. Make any of them. You and don't it's even need amazing. nuts. You it's don't amazing. You don't even need nuts. A lot of them it's, have cashews. And it's like it's it's healthy. It's nutritious. It's potatoes. It's carrots, girl. That's your vegetables. So yeah. I will say that um I, I make that a lot, but sometimes I get lazy and all of the vegan nacho cheese dips that are out there are typically cashew based. I'm like, I don't, I don't want all that. I want, mm-hmm. I want like, I want the perfect one. And then for a limited time, there was a brand that I don't remember the name of it, but they made a nacho cheese sauce. And they were selling it at Whole Foods, and it was made out of potatoes and carrots. I'm like, oh my gosh, finally somebody is making this version of Common vegan sense. nacho cheese. Absolutely, and I, I noticed that it was it said last chance on the tag, meaning that they're not going to restock it. So I grabbed the last one. I'm like, oh well, what's you know, if uh, well, I'll give this a shot, we'll see. Uh, it was microwaved, and it. Proceeded to stink up the entire house like poo poo and bo <laughs> to the point that to the point that I had multiple conversations with people who would like sidle me at the party like in a corner and be like Jackson did did someone like fully poop their pants <laughs> and I and then I was the entire night I was like secretly passing by people seeing if they were the stinker, okay. <laughs> kind of assessing to see if they they were the ones that, that stunk and then I eventually well, found the dip and it's the dip.
1: Can I, well I think, well I was the one, I th- I like to think that I was the first one who figured it out because let me give you, you my You should
0: have made an announcement.
1: The term, Well I did we were all, I oh, did, okay. I did, you just weren't in the room. It was everyone, <laughs> the girls who were there were there at the scene of the crime so you, I was talking to somebody and all of a sudden I remember your partner walked by and I smell i was like oh my gosh does i don't want to say anything but like did he like not shower today i mean it, it
0: was real it was, it was it's it so was,
1: stinky. it was like days old it's showered. so bad and so it's then, so bad and then, and then he left the room and then i was i was sitting there and i'm like I still it's smell lingering. it. Is it is it me? And so then I was oh. like covertly like sniffing I, my I jacket. I went to the
0: bathroom and I fully pit sniffed, and yeah. I was like, I "Do is it me?" Yeah, because it seems to be everywhere that I am.
1: And so finally, I I was looking around and I saw that container, and I and I said. I don't remember who was at the table, but I said, I'm going to do something. I don't want anybody to judge me when I do this. So I went over and I smelled the bowl of cheese and I said, this is it. This is the thing that's stinking. And everybody that was around the table was like, oh my god. Like, I thought somebody smelled so bad.
0: I I was, and here's the thing, when someone, like, stinks, stinks, and it's very rare that I'm around someone that stinks, but I feel so bad for that person mm-hmm. because I'm like, they're, they're probably not aware if they, that they stink, and if they are aware that they stink, they probably feel really weird about it. So I'm like, somebody at this party's ha- ha- like having a bad time, yeah. and they just stink, and it's my job <laughs> as party captain and birthday boy to make sure that this person is febrezed and comfortable. Yeah. And I I, I really thought i had to narrow down to like three people i'll tell you off air who i I really i really thought it was this one person i'm like this is the stinker i found it out but i think that i think that they were just hanging out the stinker (laughs) that's (laughs)
1: what my grandma calls like cats like come here stinker
0: (laughs) get over here stinker let's get you a shower but (laughs) what would you have done would you
1: have said hey you you need to follow me, and you would let them out to the backyard, where you
0: turn on a garden hose, spray them
2: down. Twenty nine degrees like, Fahrenheit. Like,
0: I'm like, if they fully loaded their pants, I have some extra underwear. If they, if they need like to the brim, if they need like cologne, or I'm in my essential oils era right now. I've got some vanilla, lavender, you know, scented I, can I just, roll on. Can I
1: just say I'm rewatching Portlandia right now, and it's going. It's. It's good.
0: It's so good. I'm sucking
1: it down. It's, it's, only, so got, good. it's
0: only aged better with time. The, I, thing,
1: the thing about that show is I remember it, I, so first of all, like I really started watching it in high school and I think that is where my personality formed. I'm watching this show now. That's and, not healthy. And I'm like, that's where I got that. That's where I got that voice. That's where I got this. And then, you know, Portlandia kind of got a little bit outdated. It got a little bit outdated and now it's all relevant. Again.
0: I think it was predated. It saw so far into the future of dystopian hipsterdom yeah. that, uh, it predicted a lot of what is, uh, existing today. I don't know. I could, and what's so, if you're, it's on YouTube fully free and it's every season is like one video so it's it's like a four four hour video and what's so funny is i don't really skip through them i I will start at the beginning of it and just see how deep i get into it Mm -hmm. and i'll never pick up where i left off i'll just restart at the beginning like a psychopath Mm -hmm. and just re-watch i'm such a tv re-watcher you know this where i have every like season i kind of have my tv re-watch like i'm finishing up the office right now Mm -hmm. As I get deeper into winter, it's 30 rock rewatch time. And oh, update the girls where we are with Glee, Glee, uh, is the Glee watch for you. And the first time, uh, watch for me. We just finished season one, a, a 20 episode, 22, 22 episode season for the first season. What with featuring Edina Menzel and Josh Groban and uh, Olivia Newton, John who for the first season, season two, we have bangs. We have some of probably the most problematic jokes I've seen on television and it's in glee of all shows. Mm-hmm. And I watch a lot. I watch sign I watched it's always on in Philadelphia like I watch shows that really push the envelope as far as what's acceptable to put on TV and Glee's like no we're not just gonna step on the line we're going to you know square dance over it mm-hmm. the thing
1: about season two of Glee is I think where so I think critically, season one is like the most coherent, which, which is saying something. Which is saying something, because season one is not coherent at all, and from there it really begins to descend. I think season two is when Glee becomes Glee for me, because we get we get Darren Chris in it. Um, and you haven't seen Darren Chris, and you don't even know what he plays, which is crazy to me that you don't know Anyway, Oh, I just ew, you have escaped the clutches of this show. I,
0: I know, and. It feels interesting because I can feel the show being aware of itself on the internet at the time. Does that make sense? Like yes. I, I know the writers were like reading tweets on early Twitter, and it's very connected to the internet culture perspective of it, which again, that type of internet culture doesn't really exist anymore. It's, it it does, but it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And so it's so interesting. it's it's like a little time capsule of twenty ten and twenty eleven that I think really. Holds a lot of aesthetic value of what it what was on TV at that time and what it was like to be a young person at that time in high school specifically or like early college and to be someone who was maybe a creative person at that time. Maybe you you were in a high school choir or a high school band or. Uh, Let's I'd, be
1: honest. It was just theater kids.
0: I know I, it extended into some marching band kiddos in my school as Got well, too. but I mean, that's, you know, some of them played in the pit in, in, in musical theater. So maybe mm-hmm. that's the overlap, but it, I, I really escaped it. And I, I count my lucky stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be a different person to this day. Mm-hmm. Probably not literate. The only, I well, mean, like, I Michelle, mean, but, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Explain the joke. Ugh. The only all nighter I have ever. I don't know if I've said this on air. The only all nighter I've ever pulled in my life. You've only. One only. I've tried many times, but I get to about 4am and I get really sleepy. Um, the only all-nighter I've ever pulled in my life, I was in probably I want to say the eighth or ninth grade and it, it was when season two of Glee had come out. It, w- it wasn't even like fully released at the time. But it wasn't available to stream anywhere. And I remember I would just, I was frantically Googling like Glee season two, episode seven, uh, like watch free stream or like, you know, like getting on like the weird yeah. Russian yeah, sites yeah, yeah, to yeah, like yeah, watch yeah, things. Yeah. And I remember I was just like, I was gobbling. Just these like low quality, just bad episodes of season two of Glee. And I remember the sun came up and I had to go to the lake the next day. The
0: lake. That's such a you're now you're stealing my Midwestern valor. You Western Kansas hillbilly Mm -hmm. or plains billy. I don't know what type of billy you would be. All right. Silly Billy. We have hills. Hills. No, you don't. But the, not like we have, we have the Lake of the Ozarks. You mm-hmm. you Do, do you, Have you ever been to the Lake of the Ozarks? No. It's a, such a Missouri thing. And we'll, I, I've got some Missouri memories to share this episode you as well. You ever been to
1: Lovewell Lake? No, I've, I've
0: been 15 feet into Kansas. Like lake Wakanda?
1: Rides. Come on. Wakanda? Get on my level. From Wh- the Black Panther? Lake Wakanda.
0: No, I heard what you said, but you I know mean, that's the fictional country. It's also the name of the lake. Which came first, do you think? Probably the lake.
1: Well, I don't know well, how Well, I think it's I think I think it's a native. I think it's a native thing. Interesting. So I, I've, in true like it, Kansas history, like I'm pretty sure the history of Lake Wakanda was that like there was like there was either a town or like like a like a native uh like town or settlement at the like where the lake is now currently.
0: Oh Wakanda with a with a sea. Yes.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: Is it uh and they filled it up with
1: water and displaced everyone who lived there. That was, uh, I mean, that, I mean, that's
0: like, that's what a lot of like um, state art, like uh, engineers did that. I mean, we, that's what happened with like the Ozarks. That's a man-made lake that flooded yeah. out uh, some family members of mine. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're uh, still
1: dealing with it to this day.
0: I, I no. <laughs> I'm not, and uh very interesting. I'm I'm reading about like I love lakes. I went. To, I had are
1: you a, sick and twisted in the head? No, lakes I gross. had
0: I had a race recently with my legs, a little run at the uh, largest natural lake in the state of Missouri, Creve Lake. Creve Corps, French for broken heart, is a little town, a little community in. Just outside of St. Louis, where it's it's got like this really tragic mythology and lore to it about mm-hmm. uh, you know an indigenous culture, and it's 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 worth a Google. It's very interesting, like the mythology of this town and of this lake, and yeah. it's it's very
1: I don't know. Well, Google I Google it, but I can't spell anything in French. So I came in second. Oh no, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> well, I came in first. All right, the Kansas City Half Marathon. Do you first in your age group? First in your age group. Did we
0: ever talk about this? I don't know if we go ahead and talk. So Garrett, uh, the Kansas city marathon is a, it, it's the city's marathon and we're, mm-hmm. we're a big enough city where it's a big deal to run this, to run the full, run the half. You ran yeah. the half.
1: I ran the half. I was originally going to run the full, but my knees started to break down. Yeah. And so I said, well, you know, well my
0: young body, everything works perfectly.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to injure myself. So I'm just going to run the half and you know, whatever. And I was still very happy. I think that's a really big accomplishment. I'm proud. On myself, oh, yeah, and I remember I ran it and I didn't run it in any like spectacular time. Um, uh, but I remember quick, you know. Well, I ran, I think it was like a I don't remember what my time was. I think it was like a 950 or like a 940. Or I, I like consider that, that Mile as, as
0: an endurance athlete myself. That's quick, you're moving yeah. quick. Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway I finished I was like well that was really fun and I got my little bag of chips and my banana and whatever and I walked home and I started like checking on the results You walked home? Yeah the the start line was like like 6 blocks from me my-
0: yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> let me tell you my address. Yeah, Garrett was
0: about to say. So you, t- this is how you get to my home. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but anyway, the start line is like pretty close to where I live, and um, I I remember I was like checking the results, and I forgot. So most of the time, races allow you to register as male or female, and I registered as non-binary, and there were a total of two people who <laughs> me myself included who were non-binary and ran in the race. And the way
0: that that a lot of endurance sports will. Chop this up as it's by gender and then by age. Yes. And so, you know, your gender non-binary and then within the age group yeah. as well within that. But there were still just, two, was just folks two people overall.
1: Yeah. And so I I got
0: first.
1: Out of- I, and
0: here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're out there and if you're listening, you're the person that came in second. Call in call now. And I want to I, talk to you and apologize. You better believe that that person was so freaking angry. Do you
1: want a Jack Stack's? gift card <laughs>
0: because Oh yeah and then you got uh they they, a give, they sent me Kansas, Kansas City Fashion They
1: sent me a, a Jack stacks which is like a a, a Kansas City uh, barbecue place It's, it's just, just only one stack Jack stack Jack Jack has many stacks I don't know um, sent me a gift card to this barbecue joint, and I was looking at the menu, and I said, "There's literally nothing on here that I can eat besides buying twenty dollars for the French fries." So take me on a French
0: fry adventure. I will go. They're, I, they're I probably, will get your money's worth out of those. They're French probably fries.
1: submerged in gluten. Oh, yeah,
0: you know, the, um, in the in some type of oil or something. Yeah. That so
1: if know. you're listening to this and you are the person who got second place in the Kansas City Half Marathon non-binary division, and you want a Jack Stack Singular gift card, call in. I'd love to meet you. I I can't use it.
0: Yep. Amazing. amazing! What are you? Uh, what are you? Who are you? Who am
1: I? Um, I'm many things. I'm multitudes. You contain multitudes. I am the sun and the moon.
0: I contain um, three cupcakes. I, I've had three cupcakes today.
1: That sounds amazing. You let me have one of those last night. Um, Do you want another one? Right now, on air? No. <laughs> right close to this mic. My name is Garrett Wagner. And I'm Jackson Bollinger. And welcome to the No Crumbs Podcast, the podcast where we talk about food, food brands, and the history associated with those foods and those food brands. And we tell silly little stories and, and talk about silly little foods that we love, know, and want you to love and know. So, um, what welcome. You what you got? What you got? We have a really fun one today. I'm excited to talk about this. What do you
0: know? What
1: do you know? About <laughs> cryogenic much. encapsulation.
0: Cryogenic encapsulation. I want that to happen. By the way, can we pause? I
1: said a couple of weeks ago on this podcast the word capsule like that. Capsule. Instead of, instead of capsule, capsule. Capsule. And I have noticed that you have been saying capsule and capsulization. Capsule. 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 Capsule.
0: You listen, my accent is Non-descript. I it is all over the place. Li- I'm like a Madonna. Uh, you know, one second or Meredith Marks if you're watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I mm-hmm. I'm shifting the way that I speak on it. You yeah. can't you
1: can't track me down. Much you like can. my art pop, my my accent. Could my accent anything. could
0: be anything. Yeah. It's a little bit. It's a little bit Missouri. It's a little bit East Coast. It's a little bit further East Coast, like <laughs> like in Europe, Saxony. Uh. Yeah.
1: So we are talking. Uh, yeah. Tell me what you know about uh Tell me what you know about cryogenic encapsulation. I
0: know. That there is a company in Scottsdale, Arizona, that you can buy or or like sign up for their service, which is that after you pass away, they will cryogenically preserve either your head, your severed head, or your entire body until a time where technology advances to a degree. I I believe it's in Scottsdale. Scottsdale uh, until technology gets to a place where you can be resuscitated. And then I've, I've thought a lot about that and I'm writing a short (laughs) story uh, just about, you know, the idea of coming out of that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't think I'd want to.
0: Uh, No, 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 no. I kind of just want to be Oh, what a grim start to an episode that the topic is kind of silly little silly Billy. So uh, cryogenic
1: (laughs) encapsulation is the process that um, is sort of like the hallmark of Dippin' Dots. So, We're dippin' dots. So tell me about like what are tell me your thoughts about dippin' dots.
0: My thoughts on dip and dots. My thoughts on dip and dots. That's like a limerick.
1: Uh, let's, so for the next section, I want you to speak in iambic pentameter. So, um, go ahead.
0: I have like four sonnets prepared at any given time. If you want me to just break out some Shakespeare and moving on quickly from that, the mm-hmm. dip and dots is a very specific little food in my brain that I have had probably a dozen times in my life at either the St. Louis zoo where, you know, one of, if not the best zoo in the United States, it's also free. It's in uh, forest park. Oh, it's so lovely. I don't go there anymore, but the... Vegan. Yeah. So I would have it there because it was always like a little stand. I would get it at Cardinals games at Bush Stadium, St. Louis Cardinals, go mm-hmm. cards. And I would have it there. It was always, you know, just... A special little event thing where I would mm-hmm. go up to and what's so it, it was always a little cart. It was always super futuristic, but it was very retro futurism where it was like white and, and very smooth and very 50s. They'd give you these rainbow dots that that honestly tasted really good. Mm-hmm. And the texture was very weird, too. But the taste was great. Mm-hmm. not only was it like a texture thing but the taste was always really really good but let me tell you what they were expensive they were they yeah. were a treat for sure they were you know a pretzel was like five dollars and they felt like there were three times that for a little bowl of a uh, little bowl of dots or you could get them in a souvenir sometimes you know where the largest size was like a little souvenir helmet or a little souvenir bucket or something but again i've had them 12 times in my and we'll just bleep this out for Two years on this planet. They yeah. haven't been around that long. And so I don't know. I I always liked them. Yeah. I always liked them, but they're just not, they're like inaccessible to me because they were only an event food. Yeah.
1: I think I have very similar recollections to me. They were always a theme park thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get to go to theme parks that much because you know, they were all five hours away and I didn't live close to them, but I remember being at like worlds of fun or Mm -hmm. six flags, or maybe I would be at a baseball game or something like that, but I can maybe count on my hand is maybe two hands
0: buy me some peanuts and dip and
1: dots true that was the song yeah um so yeah they were they were always very, very like event centric sort of just like what you remember so dip and dots what are they do you know did, ice
0: cream i hope
1: yes <laughs> that's <So>, okay <laughs> yes what are they rhetorical but thank you for answering okay they are um, ice cream they are an ice cream snack created by flash freezing ice cream mix in liquid nitrogen
0: Okay, which is kind of interesting. That's kind of sciency. Yes. So before
1: we talk about Dippin' Dots, I actually wanted to talk about uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about cryogenic freezing and its use in food. Okay, you. Ha- I, I'm ready. So basically, sub- submerging or freezing foods in liquid nitrogen to me has always been this sort of hoity-toity gastronomy thing. Something that you would see in like.
0: Is that not how they make like? the frozen mixed vegetables I had today or do they just like slow freeze those could be, okay. it, I mean, no, it, it's Costco. I don't know. But, I mean, it, I mean, they got that could, technology. <laughs>
1: it could be also most freezers do not have the capacity to hold things stored at that temperature. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So what is cryogenic freezing in foods? It is submerging or freezing foods generally in liquid nitrogen. And what is unique about liquid nitrogen? What's what's why use it versus like regular, like a freezer. So liquid nitrogen is highly effective at freezing food products. It helps food manufacturers maximize production efficiencies while minimizing costs, blah, blah, blah. Basically... um Liquid nitrogen is negative 350 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. my gosh. Yeah. So when you freeze something at that temperature, it freezes extremely, extremely quick and it can help maintain the natural quality of the food. Something that I remember talking about when I was in school as a dietitian, we had a very big food production, food quality focus. Mm-hmm. And we would talk about how in um, big production operations, when we freeze something, what will happen is while that's great to preserve food, there are trade-offs right Mm -hmm. oftentimes when we freeze it the food quality lowers because when you freeze something ice shards form and ice crystals form. So if you've got something like a berry or a strawberry and you've got these ice shards forming in the food, Mm. they actually will puncture the cell walls Mm. of, of the, of the fruit and all that water will escape and it loses sort of the, the tautness and plump. Yes. it, It sort of drains out the liquid. So it's really bad for food quality. It makes it kind of limp and sad. So when you freeze it normally, that's what happens. And additionally, a lot of times because the freezing process will happen more slowly, the, the crystals will clump together and they'll make bigger shards too. So it sort of exacerbates and exaggerates this this product. So with liquid nitrogen, what will happen is because it happens so quickly, it is nearly instantaneous. The ice crystals are, first of all, extremely, extremely small. And they don't have the opportunity to clump together like they would if, if you were just putting something in a freezer. So they're going to have a different texture and it's going to make sure that so it's going to make it it's going to make sure that the texture is more like stabilized and more consistent with like the pre-frozen product. And it's really great for really delicate products. Even one example that kept coming up was foie gras, actually weird. Yeah, weird, which is a very delicate, easily destroyed, expensive food. And it is financially like worth it, apparently to, you know, put this fatty duck liver In like liquid nitrogen because it preserves its quality. Interesting. It has a very recent history. So nitrogen was only first liquefied in 1883.
0: That's recent. I guess I'd never thought about it as a thing. Very very recent. It's also like dangerous. uh, Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, because like the way that we transport is in these big tanks and everything. And it's a you know when we have something that is very cold and we expose it to a temperature ambiently 70 degrees, maybe like we can explode things, you know, things like that. Um, but despite the fact that it was first liquefied in 1883, it really wasn't that long until it started making its way into food and into recipes. So, um, the, the first instance of this happening was there was a chef, her name was Agnes Marshall and she used it on ice cream.
0: How did she get her... Ha- First of all, some chef is like, oh, by the way, can I have this, like, highly volatile chemical for um, ice cream? She was <laughs> a... Please?
1: So my understanding is that she was sort of a celebrity chef oh, okay. at the time. And so it was very uh, appealing to... People who could relish in the finer things and the the more exquisite processes. It wasn't meant, I don't think, for household use. Yeah. Um, And
0: so... Not that it is today. I mean, I I obviously... You actually...
1: Liquid nitrogen is... And dry ice and sort of all that, not that expensive. Really? You can ship it to your home. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So uh, it's
0: too cold. Maybe I will. All right. <laughs> you just see my
2: apartment You're complex. just flash freezing
0: like your furniture. You, you're well, flash freezing books.
1: I'm flash freezing my cats. I'm myself. Uh, it's all part of the plan. Alternatively, you drive past my apartment building.
0: and It's just exploding. Yeah. That's the part of that I think is more likely. So
1: Yeah. So it really wasn't until... Um, the 1970s that it became more widespread in 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 uh like cooking and in commercial use so in the 1970s uh again chefs started using it to make ice cream but like a super smooth ice cream so those again those ice crystals don't have time See, to that, develop that,
0: that is the thing with dip dots is it is a different mm-hmm. like even when it melts it's a little different like the texture of it
1: yeah um, it is different. It doesn't have that air and that we'll, we'll get more on that later. Um, and then really it was in the 1990s that liquid nitrogen started to burst onto the scene and, and became really sort of the, uh, the, the event that it is today, uh, more widespread, the spectacle, the spectacle yes. Um, so Sort of around that time, it was actually 1988 when novelty ice creams really started to take off. Do you remember astronaut ice cream?
0: Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Pro. As pro as pro can be, but that's just again, that's not something. That's just like you're at a gift shop, and then if I begged my mom and dad enough, I've probably had astronaut ice cream three times because Mm -hmm. it was always this weird thing. I always remember it was like styrofoamy. Here, I just love the texture, that weird type of chalky. I'm a chalk guy. I Mm -hmm. love Smarties. I love Tums. Mm -hmm. I I love astronaut ice cream. I'm
1: glad. Did you have the experience as a child where you'd see your mom take a Tums or something, you'd be like, "Can I have some?"
0: I would get really excited when my tummy would kind of hurt and be like, well, maybe I can just ask if I could have like one of my mom's Tums or something mm-hmm. and um oh, my tummy hurts. I need to have can I have the cherry Tums? Please. Can I, I have the big smarty? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just
1: what it is. I remember my for me, Tums were a forbidden food because I kept asking my mom for her Tums that she would keep in her purse and she would never let me have them. Well, she
0: needs them.
1: Well, she needs them. I. Well, also, she
0: may want them. I don't know. In a way, I
1: also needed them as in I really just wanted them.
0: Well, yeah. What you is a need but a want? You know,
1: I was hungry. <laughs> I wanted the forbidden Smarty. So, astronaut ice cream, flash as- freezing. Astronaut ice cream flash freezing. So it was around this time when a lot of novelty ice creams were taking off and there was an individual, his name was Kurt Jones and he worked in, guess what? The cryogenics flash freezing industry. He worked with animal feed and he was at work one day and he was just like thinking about this process and thought about doing what he did at his job with the animal feed to human food And thought about like, well, what are you know the 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 different, what are the different applications that we can use this? Then, and he specifically came to what would happen if we use like if we if we focus the process on making beads of food, and so this is where
0: the term he's like instead of kibble for dogs, (laughs) I'll make kibble for humans. Listen, (laughs) ice and dots are ice cream kibble.
1: Listen, it's the Purina
0: for humans. I mean. Purina, St. Louis brand.
1: All right. (laughs) Okay. So this is where the term cryogenic encapsulation comes in, which is what happens when ice cream mix is dropped into liquid nitrogen. It is encapsulated. It is turned into those little beads by the liquid nitrogen. Thinking about that background of how liquid nitrogen interacts with food, and what the benefits are. So again, traditional ice cream is churned, and it freezes slowly, it incorporates both air and ice crystals mm-hmm. into the finished product. With the flash freezing and with the liquid nitrogen, because the temperature is literally negative 350 degrees, it freezes instantly. So there's no air, and there's very, very, very tiny ice crystals, which causes the really tiny dense balls to be formed. And they also unfreeze super, super slowly. Um, it takes a
0: that l- is true. That is true. The- I always thought there was like a coating on them or something that would, prov- you know, like it's like how M&Ms won't melt in your hand, but they'll melt in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their whole thing That was
1: I. I always thought it was a mental thing for me. I was like, okay, they're not actually melting slower, right? Right. I mean, right I, guys, I don't, I don't know, but they turns out they actually are melting yeah. slower. So, so in 1988, Jones and his wife Kay opened uh, the first dip and Dot storefront in Lexington, Kentucky. This is a Kentucky-
0: Lexington, Kentucky, a Kentucky. What else basement. do I know about Kentucky? I don't know. I don't know much, but I can learn more. During this break, so we will be right back. Uh, you're giving me a face, you know. We are coming up on a break.
1: I was just waiting for you to call it. I was hoping you would sense it when it would naturally occur.
0: I, you've just been steamrolling, and I've been—I've like honestly just been eating this all up. So uh, you mm. know, pff, do that again. On we gotta the stop doing that on the mic. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be right back. I'm gonna go learn about Kentucky. Boop, 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 boop. To this day. Kentucky, like any, the governors of Kentucky, when they're swearing in, uh, like before they t- they take office or whatever, they have to swear that they have never fought a duel with deadly weapons.
1: They also, uh, when, when they place their hand on the Bible instead of the Bible, it's actually an Arby's menu.
0: That's not true. Yeah, it was- Right. Is it really?
1: Yeah. Oh. So
0: welcome back. That last part was a joke. What I said was real. I promised Kentucky facts. I'm bringing Kentucky facts. She bring it to you every pod. We're ready. You know, next, let's pick a state next time. Yeah. Listen, 50 if you don't, state facts if, with you don't Jack.
1: if you don't live in Kansas or Missouri, we're coming for you. Even if you, especially if you live in Kansas well, that and Missouri, wasn't,
0: that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a you. negative thing about Kentucky. I would like to just make sure that I just think I would like to know that like my governors never fought a duel with deadly weapons anyway. So. We are, uh,
1: we're talking about dipping Dots. So we had just got to 1988. We were talking about how, um, we had Kurt Jones who worked in, uh, in the business of flash freezing animal food.
0: And he said, "Well, what if this delicious animal food were fed to humans?" He said, "What if we made kibbles? What if we I'm made kibbles so and I'm so hungry but ice cream. at work. I'm so hungry. This looks so good. We <laughs> gotta do this for people. We gotta do this, this for people. This is what
1: <laughs> I was thinking about when I was eating milk bones as a kid. All I said, right. I said, "What if we have the technology?" Um, so he created uh, dip and dots effectively by dipping the ice cream mix, or you know, oh plopping come on,
0: it. I'm realizing this is such an uncreative name. I mean I love it, but we're dipping the dots. Yeah, we're dipping the dots. <laughs>
1: dipping those dots, girl. We're dipping them. It's in. not
0: even like a marketing gimmick. It's just the actual process for making it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. I guess with- that makes sense because you don't dip I, you don't dip things into the dots. This is so why it has to be, yeah.
1: This is why we should not let Stem bros make food. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
0: The Facebook salad. I don't know, but yeah, true.
1: <laughs> so uh, we had we had just gotten to Jones and his wife Kay opening up the first Dippin' Dot storefront in Lexington, Kentucky. The flavors that they originally sold were vanilla, chocolate, Neapolitan. Oh yeah, peanut butter. And oh yeah, strawberry cheesecake. Peanut yogurt. butter
0: ice cream. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter ice cream. Goober 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 ice no. cream. I don't know Goober Wrong. ice cream. I don't want Goober ice cream.
1: Unfortunately, the store <laughs> closed after nine months. Um, well,
0: there's, there's, they're selling something so new the world wasn't ready so
1: new it was so niche the the world wasn't ready for this is it do
0: you you know why it closed probably it just just was they they were just unable
1: to attract customers um something that was concurrently happening around this time is because of the and we'll talk about this more later but because of the temperature that is required to freeze it it also like most conventional freezers can't well, yeah, they, they have to have
0: a laboratory in their little ice cream shop as well. I mean, that's yeah. just a scientific operation. So
1: my assumption, too, is that they were probably putting some money into, like, the development of freezers and et cetera. Et yeah, et cetera. I mean, they have so, to,
0: like, invent as they go almost, which is incredible. Yeah.
1: So their their first storefront failed. But a year later, in 1989, the year that Miss Taylor Swift was born, a family member recommended bringing the product on vending bicycles to Opryland, USA, which is uh, the most Nashville-themed theme park that I have ever heard of?
0: Well, there's there's a more Tennessee theme park than that. I mean, Dollywood. yeah, but, absolutely, yeah. But, but, you know, but yeah, uh, Opryland is is very Nashville on bicycles. On so bicycle. you're carrying around a tank of nitrogen. I don't know. Or no, just some type of like hyper freezer or something. Yeah. On a bicycle. Looking like a
1: spaceman. In the
0: 80s. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know the but science. It's, but
0: we're right. Here's the thing. Now we're in a theme park. Like that's immediately they're like sell it in a theme park.
1: Now we're at a theme park. And like this is where it started to get traction. I bet
0: it was one of those bicycles. Have you ever seen these? It's just like the little bicycle on the front and like the big carriage container thing on the back. I know it's precisely got the little, what you're talking about. It, it, yeah. There's
1: an umbrella uh, on it for some reason. Well, you want to stay. You don't want to get sunburned. True. I don't know. I put SPF on all of the little dip and Dots. I don't want them to get crisp.
0: Um, oh, SPF. Yeah. I thought you said an SBF. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Europe. B- I just shut up.
1: <laughs> to the tune of. So they started to gain some traction at Opryland USA, which is now closed. And it was around this time, well, it was in 1991, if you want the actual year, that they came up with the slogan, Ice Cream of the Future.
0: There. I mean, it is... It really is. No one for years had like advanced ice cream, except for maybe the ice cream sandwich. Whoever did that was just like, oh my, they were, they were really cooking. But I mean, this is a pretty big advancement in ice cream. It it is a very egotistical slogan. It's like basically saying like, oh, we're a little bit better than everybody else as their slogan, but I will give it to them because it is pretty like they're, they're, they're they're doing it. They're really trying to push ice cream forward.
1: Can I tell you something that I don't know if it actually carries any meaning or as a good observation or as a good thought capital letters. But it reminded me this period of food reminds me a lot of like science fiction in the sixties, which is just like, there's so much wonder about what could be Mm -hmm. right. And I feel that that sentiment really held true. And like, the 90s where there was all this cool food advancement and it's like this is the future of food we've got this new technology and we're freezing things and we're dehydrating ice cream and now we're setting it on fire and stuff like
0: that. No absolutely and a lot of that was in food brands and fast food and mm-hmm. it really kind of culminates in the 90s and in the early 2000s I, I can talk to you all about kind of convenience stores in this you know I'm convenience store pilled, but the yeah in, I in see this the 7-Eleven well. tattoo. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, the my lower back but the (laughs) i i really find that i feel like we've lost that wonder a little bit where Mm -hmm. we are returning to a lot of traditional cooking a lot Mm -hmm. of traditional pursuits we're looking at real ingredients which is Mm -hmm. all very well and good but i just want somebody to do something crazy i mean just invent a new way to like print a sandwich with a 3d printer somebody please that's a free idea by the way yeah i mean put my name on the machine but then, you know, that idea is all yours. Could you, you can imagine
1: do it. you download a .pdf, I don't know, of for, <laughs> for a sandwich? For, hmm.
0: I mean, that's I mean, that's not impossible. You can squeeze goo through a 3D printer. I'm sure you can print a sandwich. Do you
1: remember that episode of Spongebob where everything they had like the gray paste that they formed into patties?
0: I remember the hologram food that Plankton's wife makes him. The and meatloaf. I also, for some reason, remember you wouldn't steal a car, you wouldn't steal a... a Absolutely would. A, well, you know the... You, know the, like, you wouldn't yeah. steal a car, but you, why would you steal a movie? You wouldn't print a car. You wouldn't print a movie. Why would you print a sandwich? That's true. I don't know. Again, I'm just giving why whoever... Would- <laughs> whoever invents the sandwich printing technology, I'm giving you so much content right now to Come just on pod. use
1: for free. Use it for free. Come on the pod.
0: Again, put my name on the machine, the Jacksonator printer 4200 and then so this yeah. is
1: where you and the creators of Dippin' Dots are different because you would have the foresight to patent something. Uh, what? Dippin' Dots <gasps> did not patent the pro like the 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 process fill out the form until 1992. They had been in year in operation for years at this point, and then in 1992 they received their first patent. Um, We've
0: seen other brands prematurely patent stuff and like decades, <laughs> like decades. Like, they like come out. They they like think of the idea, and before they even try it once, they're like, you know what, we we better patent this. Yeah. I just thought of it. And let's patent it. And yeah. they've waited way too long. They
1: waited a really long time, um, but they got their first patent in 1992, and then they immediately sued their their, their main competitor, um, who uh, makes mini-melts, if you've ever heard of those. No, nope, I've never, never heard of them either. Never.
0: Um, Arguably. Flop. Uh, she flopped. Sorry. Dippin' Dots, mini-melts, lots of alliteration in the nitrogen ice cream yeah. game in, in the flash freezing <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: convenience food world so in 1992 it's also just crazy because literally dip and dots are being sold at like the kennedy space center it
0: that's I, a good place for it
1: it was it like it was really becoming the the main attract maybe not the main attraction See, but, but like very visibly for sale at theme parks sporting there's events not
0: like a lot of I mean you can go this is how I why I always thought it was so interesting. You could go to like the theme park food stuff and like you can get like the theme parks ice cream and the theme parks hot dogs and the theme parks pretzels, or you could go to this one random separate business entirely that had a little stand there on its own, and that business was dip and die.
1: It stood out and I remember it was like a white cart. It was The Kennedy
0: Space Center isn't even like a theme park. You're just like... It, they were just there. I wonder if... They're just showing off at that point. They're I like,
1: wonder if part of their marketing... And this was never discussed in anything that I saw, but Dippin' Dots are expensive, like you noted. And I'm wondering if the reason that they never really sold in like traditional stores is because they're so expensive. But if you are a parent bringing a child to a theme park where you're probably already geared to spend some money. If your kid sees this really fun, expensive, novel thing, you're like, oh, well, I won't buy this, but maybe just this once or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you're constantly getting this influx of of brats that are coming in. To, oh,
0: wow. To, come to, on. To
1: buy your, your ice cream.
0: I, I am. I am one of those brats
1: to this day. I am, too. Yeah. Well, but with a Z and okay
0: um, that's not a food brand unless you eat it but the
1: (laughs) so anyway i just i i wonder like what if that was part of like absolutely their intent there
0: and it's they they probably to a degree had to charge a little bit more because it's just way more expensive than like churning ice cream in your basement basically and so they probably had to focus on a market where they could Mm -hmm. get away with making a profit pretty much because it sounds like a regular ice cream store that you go to and you spend fifty dollars not fifty dollars but you spend a lot of money on ice cream yeah is it gonna when you could just go to, like, a normal ice cream shop, definitely, you know?
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in, uh, you know, 1992, they received their first patent. At the same time, they were really just taken off. And by the late 90s, they have like, 30 flavors that they were selling. They
0: I didn't know there were this many flavors, Girl to be popped honest.
1: Off. Yeah. I didn't either. I was, I don't really have any recollection of the flavors, I guess. I just remember getting the
0: balls. And yeah. I didn't know what, it, I feel like the, it was, like, a fruity, fruit Flavor thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bubble gum. That's a fun flavor.
0: Is that a real flavor? That's a real uh, flavor.
1: Bubblegum was, like, really becoming popular around the time when it first came out. Bubble, like, that was, like, a
0: thing. I... We have advanced so far away from, like, bubble gum being a flavor. We have, like, mint and, like, freshen your breath. I'm like, no. We have I trade. Want, I want... The tape. What's that called? Every day. Hubba Bubba. Hub, hubba Bubba. But like the long tape in the pink little container. I'm gonna, I mm-hmm. am like salivating. I need some of that right now.
1: Every day we stray further from God's light. Bazooka Joe. Mm-hmm. In 2000, they started franchising and that really just, man, popped off every, like really helped get it into every corner of the US. And at 2006, in 2006, they were at the height of their success. They had $47 million a year in revenue.
0: Excuse me?
1: Yes. What? Forty-seven million dollars worth of ice cream. That's
0: where? There's not that many places. Yeah. I don't wow. Why well, it is expensive? But that's. I, I mean, that's incredible. What year? Uh, two thousand six.
1: So, and that's in two thousand
0: six I'm like adjusted for inflation. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. However, Okay, well, there it is. She flew too close to the sun. I know. She, 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 melted. Dipped, she dipped one too many dots. Yeah. <laughs> In
1: 2007, their patent for cryogenic encapsulation was invalidated by a federal court jury. Basically, when Dip and Dots had sue, sued many melts, they had claimed that they had infringed on their patent rights. But many melts shot back and said because there had been such a span of time between them selling the product and then getting their patent. This was a technicality in patent law that would quote, invalidate its exclusive claim to the technology under a patent law provision. Basically, they said that because they had been doing it for so long, their argument was basically like, well, they've been doing it for so long, like this process is now widely available. You cannot have, this is not your it's information. It's not like their
0: thing anymore. They yeah. did it I mean, I, that kind of makes sense. It was like years." of them like probably talking about it mm-hmm. and it like going out into the world or like other people discovering a similar thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I do not to take like Minnie mini side or anything, but that, or the side of the federal government, but that does make, <laughs> that does make sense. That's you a, know, that's
1: a simp for the, the federal government, just but you
0: know, for, for the patent office, which yeah. is a recurring character on this program. Yeah. But it's, uh, she really is. Yeah, that her, her, Christopher Columbus, and World War II. If, if, you need, if there's any takeaways from No Crumbs, it's the U.S. Patent Office, oh. Christopher Columbus, and World War II. All right, anyway, tell me more. So now they're yeah. like, they get it ripped away from so their cold dead hands? They have gotten it ripped away, right? <laughs> they're, they're and th- me, 350 degree <laughs> below zero cold when dead I, hands? When
1: I say the year, if I were to give you a, a range of time, 2008 to 2012... What comes to mind?
0: Lady Gaga. True. (laughs) True. Glee comes to mind. Yeah. Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. You know? Obama. Those are, there's, uh, just like that weird vibe of uh, it's really the music industry in like this really weird world type mm-hmm. of way. I don't know.
1: The Great Recession. Oh, well. Which is actually weirdly tied to the music thing where it's like we have no money. So we're going to go to the club and we're going to dance. I don't know. I, there's a power a bit about it. So I'm going to assume. Yes, it's real. Okay. I, they're actually like recession pop is a thing. Yeah. That people have noted where it's like we have no money. We have we're, we're just we're just
0: going to dance. take well, TikTok on the clock for the party. Don't stop. True. Um.
1: (laughs) So true, Bestie. So they got hit hard by the Great Recession, and such
0: luxuries as nitrogen can no—the American family can no
1: longer afford. Oh my gosh, a five-gallon tank of nitrogen monthly shipped to their home. So they filed for bankruptcy in 2011. Oh wow,
0: they got hit hard, hard, huh? Yeah. Oh wow, they really just.
1: And it's really like Bumped
0: a, on down. Yeah.
1: And, and it's mostly attributed to decreases in revenue associated with the Great Recession, but especially the the patent fiasco. The patent
0: fiasco really hit them. Really hurt them. People aren't going to like amusement parks and if they do they're trying to like okay let's go to the amusement park and not get a thousand souvenirs and not you know
1: okay timmy i i brought us snacks i bought some homemade yeah i I smuggled
0: warm pretzels that loose in my pocket so yeah yeah yeah,
1: you get one ride (laughs) and in 2012 so bankrupt in 2012 and or in 2011 in 2012 it was bought by just A guy named Scott Fisher and his father, Mark, and they owned an energy company in Oklahoma City. Okay. Whose whole thing was, quote, private oil and national gas exploration and production company. That's what it was. What comes to mind when you hear something that is a private oil and national gas exploration and production company?
0: Well, uh, there's one thing that is about exploring for gas and natural gas, which is like fracking.
1: Oh, the fracking? Oh, the (laughs) fracking. (laughs) Yeah. So RuPaul bought the company. No. No. Uh,
0: (laughs) For those who don't know, RuPaul, famous drag queen, also allegedly has allowed people to companies to frack on her property and like. Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Anyway. So, so
1: anyway, they were bought by a company that actively is fracking, and they didn't have anything to do with food.
0: I Do they use the technology to, like, frack harder or something? It's really... <laughs> I like. I don't like. What's We've the got point? We gotta frack harder, guys. <laughs> we gotta inject the dippin' dots into the <laughs> Earth's crust. Yeah, when they thought
1: they expanded, it just breaks the shape.
0: I just. I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes, when like late at night, I can't sleep, and I'm just like, what if I had a you know fifty million dollars, um, fifty million more dollars, excuse me. Yeah. And I definitely just like, what would I do with it? I like, what would I buy? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe. This son and this dad had similar things, but they like actually had the money. They're like, We should buy, like, wouldn't it be like LOL so random if we just, I don't know, bought Dippin' Dots at the corporate bankruptcy auction or whatever?
1: That was the loudest B I've ever heard in my life. You (laughs) said, What if we bought? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, uh, silly, goofy move. And so it was like the first food product that they bought they also paired dip and dots with popcorn
0: do you know what have you ever heard of doc popcorn doc popcorn yeah no it's not like dr octopus or whatever from Sci- do, dr popcorn was that from seinfeld from spider-man both, know, from, both did, in new york did
1: you know that doc uh doc popcorn was a woman doc popcorn was a woman yeah like dr pepper's a woman is anyway. dr pepper a woman have you never heard this?
0: No, what are you talking oh, about?
1: It's this. It's this internet meme that's like Dr. Pepper was a woman.
0: Was it? Sh- she Dr. Did? Pepper's
1: not real. Really a person.
0: <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, scrap the Dippin' Dots episode. There is no Dr. Pepper. I don't
1: think so. Hold on. There's
0: no go. way you're right about this. Is Dr. Pepper? Real? We're going to break.
1: Oh, oh God. Okay, so I'm,
0: Dr. Pepper's real.
1: Charles T. Pepper. What? <laughs> Charles, <laughs> Charles the Pepper. Little Chuck Pepper. Charles T. Pepper was an American physician and surgeon who is often cited as the namesake for the soft drink brand Dr. Pepper. Uh, right. But but many stories, quote, this is Wikipedia, many stories in the origin of the drink's name exist, of which the Dr. Pepper Museum has been unable to confirm or authenticate, un- authenticate authenticate you
0: want some authentic cake i'm gonna cry
1: <laughs> i'm gonna cry all right um has been unable to confirm or authenticate which one may be the true historical record so for all we know dr pepper could have been a woman and I, that's what i choose to believe who else could make this
0: who else could make Garrett's this? there's holding up a bottle i don't know you the think point a man i don't know the point you're trying to make you think
1: a man could make something this like refined Absolutely, I don't trust men to do anything,
0: but I trust men to make dip and Dots. So go. Well, I guess it was a couple initially. Well, let's talk about the Fishers. So they bought Doc Popcorn, getting heated about Dr. Pepper. Well, you were caught being wrong, and I called you out on air, and I'm keeping it in the episode. And I get violent when I'm wrong,
1: <laughs> so uh, watch your back. I can't become governor of Kentucky after this episode. <laughs> Playing board games with
0: the it's a trip. But the
1: yes, so uh, so fracking company, energy company, whatever, bought dip and Dots in 2000. 12 they paired it with a thing called doc popcorn it was a weird thing and and they kind of continued on until 2022 when it was bought recently yeah when it was bought by j&j snack food corp
0: okay well so someone who knows what they're doing Do
1: you know how much they bought it for No. 222 million. Too
0: high. Too high.
1: How much money do they make? So they sold it. Okay. Well, there's more on this. Okay. Um, So it was sold originally in 2012 for 12 million.
0: I mean, that makes sense. They're getting it like the scrap auction. You know, not, it's not an auction, but like they were a bankrupt company. They're just buying like their debt and stuff or something. I don't know the corporate whatever of it, but yeah. But to, there's, there's no way that in 10 years that company, like, 20 times to itself in value. Yeah. So. That's not how that math works, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Another thing that had kind of started to happen was with the bankruptcy. There was an offshoot company that started to be formed that was really focused on the cryogenic side of things. So this technology is very useful. So, Dip and dots are stored and transported at negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And they had been working on these freezers since 1988, when obviously when the dip and dots were first being sold. And they really at the time of bankruptcy started to expand this idea into just like thinking about more applications for it as another revenue source. Yeah. And they found a really good niche in microbiology so they would use it to store cultures for fermentation they would use it for like tissue samples interesting an insane fact actually is they these freezers were used to store covid vaccines Because COVID vaccines have to be stored at negative 70 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: I was going to wonder, like, why, how on earth does a food business based around going out to a ball game survive COVID? Yeah. And it's it's because they.
1: It's refrigeration technology. That's wild. It's insane. But, like, that is. I've been dipping dotted. I've, listen. I can't believe it. My dips have been dotted. Wait, my dots have been dipped. I messed up the joke. Whatever.
0: That's okay. It
1: wasn't funny I, anyway. I know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Dippin' Dot's cryogenics LLC was formal formally Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 You're telling me that they didn't name it something like <laughs> cryogenic freezer technology, LLC, uh, you know, freezer on. They named it Dippin' Dots yeah. Freezer. So what was it again? Dippin' Dots
1: Cryogenics LLC. Come on. I know.
0: Come on. It's
1: the subsidiary company, <gasps> mama.
0: Just name it something else.
1: I don't know. You You're know, telling
0: me that there are laboratories on Earth right now that are, like, cracking open their Dippin' Dots branded freaking freezer? You have to be joking. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's, like, a really big thing when, like, <laughs> especially incredible. getting vaccines out to rural areas, pharmacies would contract with them and the Dippin' Dots freezers would come in. Oh, <laughs> the anyway. some
0: poor vendor at at a ball game opened up their freezer and like, oh, they sent me one with the Moderna instead yeah. of dipping Dots. Oh
1: no! <laughs> this poor Aramark <laughs> employee. Um. Anyway, so that's. That's like a fun little offshoot that I, the the numbers are not, I wasn't able to really find very many numbers, but I'm assuming that is sort of where a lot of the value is coming in, is coming from like, oh cool, we sell refrigeration technology now too. There is a fun offshoot company that Kurt Jones developed in uh, 2015. It's called 40 Below Joe.
0: So he doesn't, he's not a part of Yeah. So in
1: 2015 he left to start his own idea. Exactly. So he started-
0: 40 40 Below Joe? 40 Below Joe.
1: And it's, the concept is that it transforms coffee, and non dairy creamer into tiny frozen spheres. You can
0: oh, you're freaking kidding me. I've heard about this. You can get it shipped to your house. Absolutely heard about this. And That's the dip it Oh, It's come the dip it off, people. Yeah.
1: So it launched, in, launched to the public in 2018 and ships directly to cons, uh, consumers' homes. And it's born out of this idea that coffee is a product that oxidizes incredibly quickly. So the minute that coffee gets exposed to oxygen, it starts to affect the flavor. And to quirt, to quirt, to quote...
0: Are you okay?
1: No. (laughs) To to quote Kurt uh, Jones, he said, if we freeze uh, that, meaning coffee, at 320 degrees Fahrenheit below, would you lock in the flavor, especially since no oxygen is involved? And they claim that they have samples that are years old at this point that when brought back to the appropriate temperature, they cannot tell the difference from the day that it was frozen. Or the day that it was, you know, made and brewed. So if you want to get some 40 Below Joe Mama.
0: I am desperately scrolling through. It's based not like that far away from us. We could go to their whatever. Wait, where is it located? I think it's in Illinois. And I want... They claim on Instagram that they're both dairy-free and gluten-free. There you go. But I'm like, is is there like (laughs) some... You know, I'm, I'm very, I, I'm, yeah, I'm like, is there just like a bunch of egg in this? Like, why yeah. don't you just say like, uh, like vegan or whatever, but, That's uh. it's actually
1: interesting. I wonder why they did choose.
0: Well. Well, do you know that it's a, you know that it's a thing where sometimes a lot of vegans understand this, where a lot of food brands will sometimes opt not to put the word vegan on their product because that can, uh detract people from purchasing it who True. think that it, that just means it'll True. taste bad. I'm also
1: wondering if they're doing dairy free specifically to maximize the audience. Like, I don't think I people... think every
0: business should do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, so that really like catches us up with the modern history. I have a couple of other things I wanted to mention. I'm
0: desperately trying, I mean, trying to make sure, sh- I mean, it's just coffee. Like why would it be, Oh, but you could get it made, you could get it made with coconut milk, almond milk, or oat milk. Oh. Uh, am I, I don't want to have to buy this. You're going
1: to buy it, aren't you? Give it a week, folks.
0: It looks real good. Okay. I, could get,
1: I should get you some for Christmas. Absolutely. Be
0: Absolutely. Do what do you going me for my birthday again?
1: Um, I gave you my presents. <laughs> you did, and I. I'm just kidding. I said no gifts.
0: I said no. I. You give me this for Christmas. Give me this for. Uh, well, it, we're in the middle of Hanukkah right now, anyway. But it, I. Yeah. So yeah. So a couple of other
1: things I wanted to mention. Um, they do have a. They do have a mascot.
0: Forty below Joe or Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots. Frozetti. What are you showing me? Frozetti. Frozetti. It's a Yeti. Frozetti is a a Yeti. yeti. He's got a full mouth of teeth. Frozetti. Human teeth. Looks
1: like something that I would make in Microsoft Paint, you know? I I do know. In like 2009. I do know. So Frozetti the Yeti uh, was introduced in 2016, which is astounding to me.
0: Their logo has not changed, by the way, in a thousand years. Yeah. They know who they are.
1: They know who they are. It was frozen, uh, chosen by fans from over thirty-two thousand names.
0: Thirty-two thousand. Oh, I forgot that this was the era of when internet contests. People, people really thought that internet contests would be taken. In earnest. Uh, this was probably before like Bodie McBoak face was a joke. If you remember that. Oh, yeah. Dippin McDot face.
1: Oh, uh, but that would have been yeah. fun. And I sent you a song last night. Are uh, you sure? So did. Dippin Dots collabed with. Do you want to explain who lieutenant L2M
0: is? So, I, I oh, gosh, this is a whole separate episode of the podcast. But um, if you're unfamiliar with the concept of what a girl group or a boy group is in music, you think in sync, think uh, the Pussycat Dolls you know there's a lot think um Destiny's Child right you know groups of singers performing pop music together oftentimes doing choreo, that was very popular in the early 2000s, the mid 2000s. And then the US music scene kind of drifted away from that to do more solo artists as being kind of uh, our pop icons. In 2007, 2008, we really became all about the solo artist. Take Korea, for example, Korea quadrupled down on the concept of the group during that time. And at a point where US pop music moved away from the group, Korea's music kept evolving with the group, which is why we have a lot of Groups of people. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was a lot of labels that publish music started in the US started to realize that, hey, K pop is making a lot of money and a lot of Western people are listening to that. Does. And so around 2016, 2017, 2018, a lot of American music companies said, "Okay, well, does this mean that the American audience is open to like pop groups again? And, you know, we'll start maybe, you know, our kids open to it, our young adults open to it, our middle schoolers, you know, what who's open to that? So a lot of labels started to pay attention to Gr- musical groups again, and so in 2018 they uh, uh, we saw like a lot of weird like girl groups and boy groups um, start to be published for uh, you know I think in a very strange way like so what is it is it the name of this group is like L2M or whatever mm-hmm, L2M so it's a group from 2018 of a bunch of like young girls who were somehow. I don't even know. They were a part of a production company. They were published through Warner Music, I think, and they were all about brand deals or something. It was some spinoff from Lego, I believe, which I also don't fully understand. And they were just doing a lot of like branded content. But again, I kind of think that this was they had their own production company, but they were being published through Warner music group. And I think this was kind of their experiment on like, Hey, can you, is this, is this going to be a a thing? And I don't think it was, so they no. just started to do a bunch of brand deals. And one of those <laughs> brands was Dip and Dot. I can't believe. So if
1: you want to be like Garrett Wagner and stream L2M, um, they have collected. <laughs> I've streamed one song by L2M, and it's "I Want My Dip and Dot."
0: If you go to Spotify, which you may already be on Spotify if you're listening to us on. Spotify, but the, yeah, if you just look up like Dippin' Dots is a musical artist on Spotify. They have one song and it's called, I want my Dippin' Dots. It has 86,000 listens, which honestly is really low. So let's get those streams up. Let's show, let's show Dippin'. They only have 211 monthly listeners. 211 people per month are listening to the Dippin' Dots. That's actually high. I joke. I joke. That's high. That's 211 people on earth are listening to I Want My Dippin' Dots well, at least Listen, once I'm, a month.
1: I'm just so sad that Spotify Wrapped is over. Because, <laughs> gonna, we got to
0: train our Spotify Wrapped for next my, year. My
1: top song is going to be I Want My Dippin' Dots. My top artist, Dippin' Dots. Uh,
0: you sent me this song, and for some reason I thought it was uh, the Chili's. I want my Dippin' Dots, Dippin' Dots, Dippin' Dots.
1: No, I is, want my Dippin' Dots, Dots, Dippin' Dots. It is the dot, most dipin dot, dipin 2016... Dipin
2: Cryogenic. No, 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 no.
1: It's the most 2016 chain smokers. It's Lady Gaga, The Cure. But the, so they're like children. <laughs> was The Cure 2016?
0: It was like 2018.
1: Yeah, but also, she was really that. late to this. Yeah, scene, you know.
0: But the anyway, I. Think that this is incredible. I think that more incredible. brands need musical uh, collaborations. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, let let uh, let grimace get on the mic. Let's see, let's hear what he has to. I'd listen to a grimace podcast. Yeah, even if he speaks, you know, an alien language or something. Yeah. Yeah. I wow, what an interesting I, more science than my. Uh, puny little brain could comprehend this evening. Yeah, we got technical. We really did. We we learned about nitrogen. We learned yeah. about Dr. Pepper. We learned about Kentucky. We yeah. learned about, you know, if you have an idea, patent it. You yeah, know, if you think that. like if you think it's a really good idea, wait, girls. just fill out the form, see what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm not a lawyer. Maybe that's a bad idea. Yeah. Consult a patent attorney, probably. We're
1: not. We're not. We're not giving legal advice. But what I am saying is that we're starting to see patterns. Just starting to see patterns. Patent turns. Pattern turns. Pattern turns. So that I think brings us to our our final our segment. closing segment.
0: Mm-hmm. What's what, on the menu? What is on the menu? That's always a really good question. Mm-hmm. I. I made like a sad little tofu scramble-y thing today out of desperation.
1: I don't oh, know. You think yours so was sad? Let me tell you mine.
0: You go for it. Let me, so, what, what,
1: what have you got? I made tofu Parmesan, which is, I took a block of tofu. I don't have very many groceries in my house right now. Um, I took a block of tofu, chopped it up, put it in the air fryer, cubed. Um, while that crisped up, I put some pasta sauce in a saucepan, added a bunch of sauces or spices, Um, added nutritional yeast. And then when the tofu was done cooking, I mixed it all up and I cooked it for a little bit longer. (laughs) That doesn't sound
0: so bad. It wasn't
1: terrible.
0: Oh, have I ever told you about Jackson beans? Is this where you just open a can of black beans? No, 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 And I'm sure this is like Different a... Different than Jackson Vision. No, no, yes. The So Jackson beans, I take a can of vegan refried beans. I glomp it out into a bowl. I take a can of green chilies. I glomp that out into a bowl. I spice it with, bear with me, team, red hot riplets. She knows. Uh, Spices. Mm-hmm. Red, red hot ripplets is a chip from... St. Louis, Missouri from the old Vienna company. It is my favorite chip in the world and it is not close. It's not close. And they sell like the seasoning that they would put on the chips. So I, I mix that all in in there and then I microwave it and then I, uh, take it out and I put a thin, who am I killing kidding? A a thick, who are you killing? Who am I killing? Who am I kidding? I put a thick film of cold refrigerated nutritional yeast on top. Mm. I go to town. Mm. It's the best. It is, it is. No, no, it's it's so delicious. It's yeah. quick. It is, you know, it's a good like emergency meal when I'm like, well, I don't have a lot of time. I need to eat something and yeah. I want a little treat. You can also like dip chips into it, you know. Sounds good. Refried beans are uh, I, think I, I eat gone. a lot of them. Just warm them up and they're so good. Absolutely. Do you want to hear something? No, I won't say this. Say it. You mentioned that you got to say it now. Well, oh, I sometimes I'll eat it cold. I get that. I mean, I, it I it's, its, it's almost like a bean dip at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think that's... Your eyes lit up. What were you going to say? I want to go eat it now. I'm so hungry. Well... I want my
1: beans. What a very logical place then to to wrap up. So thank you for tuning in this week to yeah. the No Crumbs Podcast. If you are interested in following us, you can find us at No Crumbs Pod on uh, Instagram. And we have No Crumbs Pod Cast. Nocrumbspod.com. Nope. Crumb, no you don't know the
0: website? We're I am deep in the podcast at this point. I
1: know. Well, I get pod and podcast confused. I'm like, surely the website's more official. Nocrumbspod.com has a waving little chip bag on it. It's super cute. Yep. Um, if you want to follow me, I am on Instagram at It's Garrett. I'm not on there super a ton, but I watch.
0: Yep. And you can follow me at jacks Bollinger, and you can see... All of my cats and all of mm-hmm. the things that I'm doing. If you're interested outside of uh, no crumbs, there's some other stuff going on that I do as well. Check ity, check that out. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't even talk anymore. I want those beans yeah, so bad. Let's go get beans. We're gonna go bean it up. Right. All right. Goodbye, Bye, girlies. Bye.